G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss now for over a year. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what that journey has been like. I also wanted to give you some information about intermittent fasting, talk to people that are doing it, and bring in some experts in the field, including some leading authors of some great books about the subject. Talk about the highs, the lows, the triumphs, the celebrations, the negatives, the positives, and everything in between. Nothing is a silver bullet, as they say, but intermittent fasting is about the closest thing that you can get to a perfect health plan with a side effect of weight loss. So sit back in the next few weeks and enjoy life on the fasting highway with us. Thank you. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway and this is episode 6. So today we're going to be talking with Rachel Awad and Rachel is a university administrator from the United States who currently lives in Cairo, Egypt. Rachel has been an expat for most of her adult life and has been on and off most diets out there since she was in her teens. Rachel is here today to tell us about her journey so far with intermittent fasting and also to talk about ADF, alternate day fasting. So welcome to the podcast, Rachel. G'day, Rachel. How are you going? Hi. I'm good, Graham. How are you? Oh, not too bad. And how's things going in sunny Cairo today? Uh, sunny and hot. <laughs> Pretty much sunny what Cairo always is. Sunny and hot. That, that's it, Cairo. So it's not a... Um, a pretty hard job being a weather forecaster in Cairo then? So, well, you know, we have pretty much two seasons. It's sunny and hot or chilly and wet. <laughs> oh, there you go. So. Okay, so Rachel, what we like to do here on the Fasting Highway is we like to go into a bit of your backstory and sort of what led you up to finding out about intermittent fasting and how you actually came across it. Sure. Um, first of all, let me just say, Graham, it's lovely to be here and thank you very much for having me. Um, so I think like many of your listeners and many of the people that we encounter and the IF groups that we have in common, I had a lifelong history of dieting. I was overweight pretty much my whole life, you know, with ups and downs with different diets. So I did everything from Weight Watchers to low carbs, South Beach, and, you know, some very crazy unsafe things in between. Um, and then I think it was around 2014, uh, someone turned me on to the video that Michael Mosley made. Um, I think it was called, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was um, essentially where he introduced the 5-2 concept. Um, and then right after that, I read his 5-2 book. And that was not about clean fasting at all. It was about having two days of 500 calories. And then, and those 500 calories didn't have to be eaten in a single meal. It was just sort of limit your calories on two days and do whatever the other days. And it worked for a while. It was actually, you know, sort of worked quite well and I really enjoyed it. And then eventually it stopped working. Um, and it was in an expat group that I'm in, as you know, you mentioned I'm in Cairo. Um, so I'm a, an American expat living in Cairo and someone in an expat group that I was in, in a discussion about intermittent fasting said anyone who's interested really in intermittent fasting has to read Jen Stevens book delay don't deny which I know you've mentioned I'm sure on this podcast many times yes. so I read that book this was in uh, September 17 
And October 1st, 2017, I jumped into sort of Jin's version of IF with the clean fast, um, doing daily OMAD windows. Um, and so that was sort of what brought me there. Um, so it was really, I, I have looked for the person who posted that comment in the expat group a few times and haven't found her. And I just, I, I've wanted to thank her many times. Um, well, that's great. So that's, uh, yeah, that, so that, that's what got me here. So you've been doing it about three years roughly then. And if you don't mind sharing, what sort of weight did you start at, Rachel? And, and how's that gone for you? Um, so actually, you know, my weight loss journey is not one that anyone should be looking to for inspiration. My health journey, I think, is. Um, Definitely. So I, the first year, I lost, I think, a total of about 13 pounds with the adding and gaining. And I had quite a bit to lose. I, I wanted to lose a total, I think, of about 70 pounds when I started IF. I was already down from my highest weight from, you know, sort of from years before. Um, so I only lost about 13 pounds, but I felt great. I mean, sort of, the, I didn't have any regrets about that. It was slow and steady, but I have a lot of sort of, um, I have a lot of health issues that were, that absolutely were linked to insulin resistance. And so I knew I had a lot of internal healing to do. Uh, at the end of my first year uh, is when I actually decided to um, embrace the alternate daily fasting, which I know we're going to talk about in some detail. I mean, it's the alternate day fasting. Um, and so that actually really sped it up for me. Um, so I lost, you know, probably about another 30 pounds in the next six months. Um, and then I was holding steady for a long time. I had a lot of things going on in life, so didn't sort of gain and lose. Um, very recently in COVID, uh, despite continuing to fast, um, uh, I actually put on some weight and I'm now back on the downward trend. So my overall weight loss hasn't been, you know, sort of is nothing to shout about. I think, you know, I'm probably down about 20 pounds in three years in, you know, which isn't anything that people would say, oh, I'm going to run and try that. Um, but, but I'm much healthier and I know what I need to do moving forward. Um, and I'm, you know, IF is what I'm doing for life regardless of the weight loss. It's about, as you and I both know, you know, making adjustments to your fasting schedule rather than saying, oh, this isn't working for me. Yeah, that's right too. And I'm really glad you brought up that point about it's not all about weight loss at all. And <clears throat> to me, like, even though I have lost a lot of weight and I had a lot of weight to lose, for me, the health benefits that have come from intermittent fasting have been so much more of a thrill absolutely, and have made my life so much better than just losing the weight. Absolutely. And I absolutely. mean, most people, when they obviously have a calorie restricted diet, they are going to lose weight. But if you're doing intermittent fasting and you're finding really great health benefits, I think that's a fantastic outlook. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing what we know is that if we do calorie restriction, and we do lose weight, it gets harder and harder to maintain that because yes. ultimately we're slowing our metabolism. And so we hear stories from so many people about how, you know, I had to eat half as much and work out twice as hard to maintain the loss. I, you know, and thank you very much, but that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's it too. So in the early stages of your journey, um, did you find sort of it a struggle or many downsides with it? 
Um, not really. I, I pretty much jumped into 24 quickly because remember I had been doing, even though it wasn't clean fast, I had been doing a version of intermittent fasting with five, two, where I had two very low calorie days. So I was used to going long periods of time without food. Um, so I fell into a 24 pattern very comfortably at that time. I was, uh, working from home actually way pre COVID, but I was, uh, doing consultancy and was doing some travel, but mostly working from home. Uh, online and 24 sort of was pretty easy for me to maintain. Um, so, but as I said, you know, it was very, very, very slow, steady, but very slow losses over that first year of 24. Yeah. Um, so what about things like mindset and the mental part of IF, uh, Rachel, we all know that mindset plays such a huge part. Um, Such a huge part. It does. I mean, it, it's interesting, Graham. This, just this morning, about half an hour ago, I posted a, a, a comment or reflection. In I, I'm in a uh, ADF specific um, IF group, and I posted sort of something even about you know I'm three years in and I'm still having sort of mindset issues or things I need to kind of recognize and address. And I would say, unlike most traditional weight loss plans. With intermittent fasting, mindset is probably more than half of the game. Yeah, you have to find the schedule that works for you. You have to stick to the clean fast, of course. But if your head isn't in the right place, that's the issue. It's not physically difficult. I think you and I both know that, you know, sort of we're not struggling with our fasting physically, but the mental game is real. And, you know, we've been conditioned to think you should eat regularly that if we're not eating, we're sort of depriving ourselves and that's not fair, those kind of things. And then I also get very caught up in, um, I, I don't, I mean, people get caught up in the, um, you know, sort of, am, am I doing it right? Am I, you know, as if there's only one right way and we know there are so many ways to, to fast. Um, I think one of the biggest mindset shifts for me came with, uh, after I read Delay, Don't Deny, and then I read, um, uh, the appetite correction book, this sort of whole way that I um, addressed hunger that, you know, it used to be that you're hungry, you eat. And I was hungry all the time and I ate all the time. And what a wonder that I was really overweight. Um, and recognizing that there are different types of hunger and there are some hunger signals that you should address and it's time to eat. And there are many, many more hunger singles, hunger signals that are passing and they come in waves and recognizing that it passes and that's okay. Um, and as uh, we've heard Jin say many times, hunger isn't an emergency and learning that and embracing that was a huge part of my IF journey. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's so important to listen to our bodies. And I know occasionally um, I've had days where I've felt a bit dizzy or shaky or just mm -hmm. not quite right, you know, and I, I just opened my window and ate because I thought I'm not going to struggle and push through here exactly. for three hours. I've got to listen to my right. body here. Well, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, I think the longer we do that, for me, that's really kicked in this third year. Um, I, I'm not sure I, how much I thought about it sort of the first two years, but I was definitely following, you know, sort of the clock um, more than following how I felt. And I had a great example of that just this morning. Um, that's uh, with, with an issue specific to sort of um, doing alternate daily fasting with a down day where it was, you know, 
even though my the second part of my ADF fast was less than 16 hours, which to me has always been a minimum, my combined fasting was almost 39 hours. And so, you know, is it okay for me to eat? Is it not? And I thought, you know what? It's not about, is it okay? I'm hungry. I fasted for the better part of 39 hours with one small break in between, and I'm ready to eat. And, you know, but I had to sort of have that conversation with myself to, to remind myself that it was okay. Yeah. Let's move into the ADF, mm. Rachel. And first off, can you just explain to those listening exactly what is ADF, alternate day fasting? Sure. So alternate day fasting in its most sort of technical definition is alternate day fasting. You fast one day, you don't fast another day. And we've come to define that as a minimum of 36 hours, usually about a maximum of 42 and it's essentially if you sleep twice over the course of a fast, you, you pretty much cover at least 36. That's the sort of, um, that's the technical ADF alternate day. There are many, many versions of that. Um, and, you know, as I'm sure you've already done in recommending Jean Stevens' uh, Fast Feast Repeat, she goes into some great um, explanations of the different versions. So people do something called 4-3, where they do full 36 to 42 hour fasts three days a week and then eat in a, you know, maybe um, uh, a less constricted time um, uh, the other three days or 5-2, as I mentioned earlier. Um, there are a couple of really important things with ADF. The most important thing is that if you are going to do uh, a 36 to 42 hour fast, it has to be followed by what we call an up day. And an up day means an unrestricted eating day, not in terms of gorge yourself or binge all day, but don't limit yourself to a short window and don't limit yourself to one meal. So what we say is, a minimum of six to eight hours and at least two meals. What many people do is just say they open their window when they get, when they feel ready, they eat a meal and wait as long as it takes to eat a second meal. Cause many of us who've been doing one meal a day have a hard time going for a second meal. You don't get hungry that fast. So if you open your window, say at 11 with a breakfast or a brunch, and you're not hungry again till seven, you know, and then you eat at seven and finish at eight. That's still a, uh, you know, my math is bad. That's a nine hour window. And that's fine. I mean, so, so the idea is, but to have a true up day in order to protect your metabolism, because if you're just doing a down day followed by uh, a one meal a day, short, short window, you will start, uh, your metabolism will adapt to that and it will start to slow down. And there's evidence of that. Um, that Jim points to in her book and many other uh, researchers who've looked at ADF. So the, the one number one rule with ADF is every down day has to be followed by an up day. The second thing is that a down day doesn't have to be a complete fast. There is a version of a down day where you can have one small meal limited to sort of no more than 500 calories um, and then keep going. And even though IF doesn't promote calorie counting. The idea here is to have a small meal, enough to sort of curb whatever discomfort you may be having, um, and then go on. And with that down day meal, don't spread it out over the day. Have it in one short sort of condensed window um, and, uh, and then keep going. So, you're, so that's what I was talking about when I had my issue. I had a down day meal yesterday. I had the down day meal at 23 hours. 
And then I reset my fast. I had a 15 minute window with a salad and a granola bar, felt fine, kept going. Um, so my combined fasting was almost 39 hours, but the second portion was only 15. And mentally I was like, oh, that was only a 15 hour fast. And I needed to sort of remind myself that I'm not doing a daily fast, I'm doing ADF and the, the parameters are a little bit different. Um, so, so that's ADF in a nutshell. Okay. Um, I think I've covered sort of the key, yep. the key uh, pieces. So you join ADF every other day now. Is that a full-time protocol for you? Um, so at the moment, I'm doing 4-3. I'm doing, um, since I've gone back to work and I have a hard time packing lunches and food for, a, uh, for an update at work. I'm at work, you know, sometimes 8, 10, 12 hours. And so I didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, ever three times a week. So I'm fasting now three days a week during the work week and then only having two updates during the work week. And then I have uh, one update on um, the weekend and then one OMAD day on the weekend. So what I'm doing is four, three with three full fast days or occasionally the down day meal, three updates immediately after those days. And then the seventh day, I will usually do just um, uh, an OMAD window and then get right back into the pattern. Yep. But I, but I did when I started doing ADF for six months. I did the alternate day every other day in in and out. So one week it was four fast days, the next week three, and then that pet pattern repeated. Okay, so that's called the up down approach, is it? Or yeah, that... what I'm doing is uh, you know yes, sort of the um, uh, it's the up day down day approach, what Jin, what Jin would call it, or four three. Okay, so let's talk about the 500 calorie option. Uh, can you just explain that for people? Sure. So I let me let me say something that personally I started with that as I mentioned before I knew about the clean fast. Yes. Um, and then when I started fasting, you know, I sort of changed my protocol completely. And when I came back to ADF, I, I, I one year into my fasting journey with clean fasting, I started doing ADF, and I didn't even consider the 500 calorie down day. Um, in my head, that was sort of what I had done before and it didn't work in the end. And I just sort of put it out of the thinking this time around, I'm, I'm really, I'm embracing it when I, and that's based on feedback I have from so many fellow fasters, um, that, you know, that it works better for them. It sort of, uh, you know, feels right. It doesn't impede their weight loss or their health improvements. So I'm now in the mindset of, if I feel like I need it, I will do it. So yesterday, for example, very long day at work. It's Thursday is the end of the work week in Egypt. Our, our work week is Sunday to Thursday. So I left work late, was exhausted, and was stopping to pick something up for my husband to eat. I was passing by a place and, you know, he had asked me if I could stop and pick something up. So I decided I would pick something up for myself to eat today. And then I was thinking, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, and I want something. And I didn't want to eat a full meal. So I picked up a salad. I came home, ate a salad, uh, you know, sort of, it was just a simple salad with tuna and egg and a little bit of uh, vinaigrette, and then had a granola bar. And I didn't enter them into a, an app. I just sort of said 500 calories is probably around what it is. I knew the granola bar was 150 and the salad was not going to be more than 350. It was, you know, I, had, I, I mean, I know enough about calorie counting that I was comfortable with that. So I have it when I feel like I need it. It was perfect. I, my, I sort of, my energy picked up again after a very long day, it felt fine, and then continued on the rest of the evening fasting. And that was in 15 minutes. 
Um, one of my favorite 500 calorie down day meals is an omelet with, you know, just stuffed with vegetables and maybe a little bit cheese. Um, I, I resist doing low carb because I'm a little bit of a toddler about it. I don't want to give up my carbs, even though I'm type two diabetic and I know, um, it would be better for me to at least stick to whole carbs and healthier carbs, but I don't really, but on my down days, even if I have, so those down days, if it's a full fast, I'm completely carb free because I'm obviously not eating anything. And if I have a meal, I have it be a very low carb meal because 500 calories of protein and fat will keep you fuller much longer than 500 calories that's full of carbs. Um, so, you know, which is why I said, you know, a salad with uh, tuna and egg. So it was sort of a protein loaded salad. And then the granola bar, which is where the carbs came in, but they were, you know, sort of uh, hopefully, you know, granola being better than, you know, some of my other carb choices, yeah. like a bag of potato chips. Um, so the down day meal, one of the things that that we say now, and I think this is really different from the initial 5-2 um, that Michael Mosley sort of said, was that 500 calories means you can spread them out over the day as you wish. You can have as many Diet Cokes, which are zero calorie as you wish you know, and other, you know, sort of uh, sweetened soft drinks that, you know, don't have calories, you know, all that is fine, cream in your coffee. That was the, the thinking of other um, people who were promoting um, the down day approach. Um, with those of us who follow um, the DDD or fast feast repeat sort of protocols, say, keep the down day within a single, keep that down day meal in a single small window. And it's not easy to spread. I mean, you could spread 500 calories over a long window, but it feels much better to just eat it and move on. So my down day window when I do have one is usually anywhere from 15 to 45 minutes. Okay. Um, so, uh, and, it's, and it's simple and it's, you know, sort of you get on with it. You don't uh, sort of you, you're not thinking about food all day long, which is one of the things I love about the down day approach, because it's literally a day where food doesn't come into the equation. You don't right. think about it. You don't spend mental energy or, or physical energy preparing. And it's actually very liberating. Okay. So I wanted to ask the question with the 500 calories, is there any studies being done where is the 500 calorie option versus just fasting straight through with a clean fast? Is there any differences there in studies um, that they've so shown? I don't know about formal studies that are actually, you know, sort of, uh, you know, um, scientific studies. I do know that the, there are some actually, and I probably could send you a link after. Actually, I do know of one, but I don't know what it is offhand. But there's a lot of anecdotal research that people actually lose faster with the 500 calorie uh, down day and that it doesn't sort of impede their progress. It yeah. really depends on what's your goal. So if your goal is to, you know, get over a plateau, which is one reason why many people embrace IDF, and, you know, we kickstart weight loss. The 500 calorie meal, as people have shown, certainly doesn't impede it and may actually speed it up. If your goal is the increased autophagy that happens with longer fasts and more internal healing and trying to um, address insulin resistance, the 500 calorie down day isn't disastrous, but it's not as helpful as a actual full 36 to 42 hour fast. So I'm actually looking at both of those things. I do have insulin resistance still. I had at one point with ADF 
almost, I had brought my diabetes levels after 10 years down to pre-diabetic levels. And then I went back to a, a daily window, sometimes a very long window after a very stressful year. And I reversed that in reverse and, and now obviously uh, completely diabetic again. And I'm still hoping to reverse it again. Um, and so I have that as an interest, but I also have more weight I want to lose. So I don't regularly do the 500 calories, but I'll allow it when I want it. So okay. I would say oh, my, my four, three approach, I probably do two full fasts and one, uh, you know, modified down day, 500 calorie fast a week. Right. So I was going to ask you the question about your eating style. Do you restrict some foods or are you a person who just eats all the things? Well, I eat all the things, but I, I shouldn't be eating all the things. So I, um, I know that my body reacts pretty well when I do low carb. But as I said, I'm a little bit of a toddler about it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I've heard you, Graham, say that, you know, you used to sort of really live on fast food or eat it a lot. And then those yeah. cravings really went away. That hasn't happened for me. I am a, I'm a certified junk food junkie. I don't eat it as much as I used to, um, but I'd be happy to do it pretty much any time. Um, so that's really been, that. that's one of my biggest struggles is, you know, I could have, you know, potato chips, crisps, French fries, candy bars every day. And I haven't, the, my tastes haven't changed where I don't want those yet. Um, so I, I do restrict those. Certainly I don't eat them all day and I don't binge in general, um, but I don't, there's no food for me that's off limits um, okay. in terms of what I say, I won't have it. I certainly have those things less, um, but I don't not have them. And I think one of the things that the freedom of the uh, alternate day approach is that because there are X number of days a week that you're not eating anything, you are by definition not eating the things that you're trying to keep away from. So, yeah. you know, even if I have those things, I don't have them every day that I eat. But even if I did, that would only be every other day. So, so it kind of brings a little bit of a mental freedom from the restrictions. Um, you know, I, I think that if I were doing alternate day fasting and also imposing restrictions on myself, that would feel like too much. I know yeah. plenty of people who do ADF who have naturally gravitated toward whole foods or low carb or, you know, unprocessed. And if you're gravitating toward that naturally, and I think in, from what I've remember you saying that was a lot of what happened to you that you know you naturally sort of shied away from some of those yeah. things after you um sort of got into the the whole um sort of uh, you know fasting lifestyle um so so that I, I i think is great anyone who's naturally sort of moving but but i think adf and imposed restrictions that you know you aren't what you want to be doing but you feel like you should be doing is just mentally a little bit too much pressure to put on yourself yeah, I agree. And I think the other thing is, like for myself, I did have very bad addiction to fast food, um, mm. sugar, carbohydrates. But I found that by addressing that before I started intermittent fasting, mm. I was able right. to make the transition, transition right. much right. easier. So you went, you cut out all sugar and carbs before you started fasting. Yes. Well, I, yeah. I did. And then when I got to fasting, I'd already started feeling good and I'd lost a bit of weight. And then when I stumbled across intermittent fasting, I just made the transition easier. And when people say to me that they have problems with food and sugar addiction, and I write a fair bit about that in my book, which I'll be coming out next month, but 
Oh, I really maybe. feel I really feel that that helped me a lot. And I say to people, get the addiction right first, because if you're trying to do intermittent fasting and you've got addictions as well, it's a real battle to try and it will, find exactly. that early. Right. Don't try and sort of, you know, address every single issue you have at once. So, exactly. yes. Yeah, so same as I was saying. So if you're going to be doing alternate day fasting, don't use that as the opportunity to also try and address you know, sort of specific food issues. I wouldn't, you know, I mean, lots of people, for example, recommend the whole 30 approach where you're it's essentially food elimination to address food sensitivities, which I, I, I have nothing bad to say about at all, but I wouldn't do that while I was starting a fasting protocol. You know, I think you just, you know, you have to kind of allow your body to adjust to these changes. Um, and you're, you know, you have to allow your, your yourself mentally to adjust to the changes. Yes, definitely. I wanted to ask you a question now about the right reasons to do ADF and the wrong reasons. I know on a Monday, I always get a few phone calls from people that I help with IF and they say, oh, you know, I've had a bad weekend. I've put exactly. on four pounds and I'm going to fast for 40 hours now. And I say to them, well, you're talking about revenge fasting there. And that's the worst kind of fasting that you can do. Exactly. And, uh, it's Yeah. So, so long never be done to make up for indulgences and they should never be done to say oh i'm gonna have a party this weekend so let me not eat wednesday to friday no that's you know what if, if you're gonna have the occasional longer day festivities birthday holiday do it and move on with your regular protocol the reasons to do alternate day fasting um there are a couple of sort of uh times where we really recommend it one is for people who are severely insulin resistant and trying to really increase um, their body's ability to become more insulin sensitive. ADF is great for that. People who have been doing a daily fasting protocol and are plateaued, and by plateau, we don't mean the scale hasn't moved in a week or two, but you know, sort of for a couple of months, nothing's moving, even with those sort of slow increments, ADF can really kickstart that loss. Sometimes, you know, if you've if you've had, you know, sort of a really full day, your body may naturally not want to eat the next day. And sort of, so some people end up doing a down day after a big indulgence, not because they're doing it to make up for it, but because their body is telling them they don't need anything and they're not actually, you know, ready for food yet. And that's fine. We're not saying don't ever fast after an indulgence, but don't fast to make up for the indulgence. There's a big difference between telling yourself you have to do it and letting your body sort of guide you. Um, so I think, um, but in general, I, you know, I am a completely, I think as you are an advocate of the um, approach that, you know, it's, we don't think of fasting as a punishment and, you know, you don't do it to sort of, you know, make up for what you did the day before or what you're planning on doing tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and I so think each fast you need to sort of do it for the reasons in the moment, not for sort of tomorrow or yesterday. Yeah, and I think alternate day fasting seems when I first came to the fasting groups, uh, Delay Don't Deny, and a few others that I'm in, I never used to read about alternate day fasting much, and it seems it's very prevalent now. And I feel sometimes that newcomers especially may feel a bit pressured that they have to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that and they... There are, look, yeah, go on, mm, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Well, there are people who will never, should never, never, it's not that they shouldn't do it, but will never feel the need to or have any reason to do it. It's not, I mean, 
I think you and I have talked about this before. It's absolutely not a matter, a matter of more is better. Longer fasts are not better than shorter fasts. Each of us, fasting is so individual. I mean, I think you and I really have come to see this, that we see hundreds and thousands of people in some of the Facebook groups we're in who all follow different protocols after they figure out what works for them. And so it's not that longer fasts are better than shorter fasts or that shorter windows are better than longer windows. Some people won't lose on a shorter window. It's too much stress for their body. You know, many people don't have success at all mentally or physically with ADF. It's really about figuring out what works for you, which is why we say IF is not a quick fix. I mean, you got to be in it for life and be willing to sort of do the tweaking. If you're convinced that the health benefits are real and the science is pretty much indisputable on that, then you have to just be willing to put in the time to do the tweaking to figure out what works for you if you're not lucky enough that your first fasting protocol is your sweet spot. Um, but ADF is absolutely not what anyone should be striving for um, or, you know, sort of feeling less than because they're not doing it or they don't want to do it or can't do it. Um, absolutely not. I mean, I, I, my first year, I was very comfortable with 24, with 24, so 20 hour fast, four hour windows, had fasted probably up to 24 hours a few times just because things got busy in the day. But the idea of doing a full day fast with the two overnights in between was to me craziness. And, you know, I didn't even think about doing it till I was close to a year and started reading more about the impact it has on insulin resistance. Yeah. But yes, the bottom line is nobody should feel pressure. No. And comparisons are thief of joy, as they say. And we do have to find our own niche and what we do and what works for us. And and also, we don't have judgment on others and what they do and what protocols Absolutely. they do. Or One of the things I, mean, I, like, yeah. I love about intermittent fasting is that we don't judge people on what they eat and we keep our eyes in our exactly. own plate. Exactly. That eyes on your own plate. I remember many years ago, Graham, I was in Weight Watchers and I was in a city group, um, you know, in sort of downtown city that I was living in. And we had a meeting in, in uh in the middle of the, you know, lunch one day. And so I was in the supermarket one day after work and the Weight Watchers leader was in the supermarket. And I was feeling a little bad because I had food probably for my family in my cart that wasn't, you know, what Weight Watchers would have wanted me to be eating. And so I said, oh, don't look. She said, no, one of my rules is, you know, keep your eye on your own cart. And so the, uh, so I was, you know, so, so the keep your eye on your own plate, I think for fasting is really important, not only because, it's nobody's business what you choose to eat, but it's also what works for you may not work for me. So it might be, you know, a choice that would make me bloated and feel horrible, but somebody else thrives on it. And, you know, I mean, Jin talks about the fact that, you know, she does really well with carbs in her life where other people can't. And, you know, it's not about good or bad. It's about what works for you. So, yeah. So, so the non-judgment is really important, both about the food uh, fasting schedules. Absolutely. So the, I other... mean, the only thing I think, sorry, sorry, I just want to add the one thing I, I, again, I think we both agree on the only place we would impose some judgment are people who refuse to follow a clean fast. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about somebody who might need to have something because they have to take medicine. I mean, there are lots of reasons why somebody might not be able to do a, a you know, a full fast sometimes, but in general, people who say, no, you know what, I'm not giving up the cream of my coffee. 
or, you know, it's only like, you know, it's only a little bit of apple cider vinegar in my water or squeezing lemon in my water. You know, I think uh, that that's where, based on the science, I would say, you know, that that's where I'll judge. <laughs> yeah, well, to me, the clean fast yeah. is the whole foundation of intermittent of fasting. And, on, you know, I'm 100% convinced that if I didn't clean fast, I would never have got the results I did. But having said that, I didn't know any different, Rachel. I mean, when I discovered Delay, Don't Deny, and what we're talking about there is a book by Jim Stevens, who's a New York Times bestselling author who went on to write another book a few years later called Fast Feast Repeat. And uh, funny enough, I'll be talking to Jim very soon, actually. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to hear Yeah, I'm really looking forward yeah, no, to it. Your listeners will love her. She's, you know, yeah, what a treat. Yeah. I think that the clean fast, I just had two beginners on, Rachel, uh, in the early stages of the podcast, and they both were dirty fasting, and they switched over to clean fasting after reading Jin's book. Right. And they said the differences they found were just amazing. Of course. Of course. Yeah, no, I listened to one of those. Uh, I still have to listen to the second one. The um, It's true that the difference is amazing. And the confusion is there are other groups or books or, you know, sort of professionals who are promoting versions of fasting where having, we're doing what we wouldn't consider a clean fast is, is considered okay. And it's very confusing to people. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, and you don't want to say no, they're wrong, but we've been exposed to the science and to the sort of experience of so many other members of the groups that we're in who, who, where it's just evident that it makes a difference. And so, you know, yeah, that that's that's you know it's a it's a non-starter for me. It's uh, and that's where it does get confusing. I know there's a Facebook group here in Australia with over a hundred thousand people, and the guy that is the founder of it, he maintains that people can dirty fast as much as they like, and right. you just get so frustrated by it, and because so we know better, and the benefits come, and and yeah, I no, ask, similar. I'm in. I'm in a Facebook, it's not so big, but I'm in a, a local IF group here in Cairo. Um, and, you know, it doesn't follow any one protocol of IF and, you know, sort of it's, there are definitely lots of posts in that group where, you know, people talk about it's okay to have a little bit of this or to have, you know, uh, flavors, flavored coffee or flavor, you know, or lemon in your water. And, you know, it's hard not to jump in and say, no, don't do it. But, you know, sort of different groups have different rules. And so I, you know, I don't, uh, yeah. I try not to impose, but, but yeah, it's, I, I feel badly for those. I mean, I mentioned that I started all this with five, two, where I knew nothing about the clean fast. And that's why when I jumped into, uh, clean fasting after I read Jen's, uh, delay, don't deny book, doing a 20 hour fast was so easy because that was the first time I was clean fasting. I mean, I used to white knuckle it through my 5-2 fast, even though I was only having, you know, 500 calories, but it was spread over, you know, from eight in the morning until eight at, eight at night, probably. Yeah. It's, a, you know, sort of a little bite of something here or there. I was going to um, ask you, anyways, Rachel, yeah. about um, where you live there in Egypt. What does the intermittent fasting community look like there? And is it very popular? Um, it's gaining popularity. I mean, it's still, I mean, I think in general, sort of healthier lifestyles are gaining a lot of popularity here. And um, so, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, I, I think, uh, following a ketogenic lifestyle is much more popular here. I see a lot more of that on Facebook. Um, most of the people I know here locally who follow it 
are people who I've actually um, told about it. That's the, my personal friends. So, you know, I have a small community of people who do um, fasting and are members of uh, Jen Stevens groups and have read her books. Um, but um, so I'm only, uh, there were two groups that I was on on Facebook, two local groups um, based in Egypt. One of them I left immediately because it was a uh, promoting one meal a day as one plate a day where you had to only eat one meal in, you know, one sitting. And I find that much too restrictive. I mean, somebody who wants to do that is okay, but that shouldn't be the rule for everybody. Um, and so, but I'm in another group which has, you know, really embraces every um, sort of different approach to fasting but doesn't particularly embrace the clean fast. And I've stuck to that one because it's great for sort of, you know, just community um, support. And, you know, I do try and say, you know, often that, you know, if try it without it, see if it makes it easier rather than saying you shouldn't have it, you know? Yep. Um, but so I think it's slowly growing. Um, you know, I've yet to find, I actually, that's not true. I have a, a, I started with a new doctor last year who wasn't a proponent of IF, but she knew about it. And she was willing to adjust my meds that I would only have to take them once a day um, rather than twice a day since they were medicines with food. So that was actually really encouraging to find a doctor who knew enough about it that she was, you know, not judging me on it and, you know, not telling me to stop. Well, I think the, the medical community here is a little bit traditional. So so I think it'll take a lot longer for doctors here to come on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So. Rachel, with resources around alternate day fasting, um, if I was a person that wanted, obviously we've got Jin's book, Fast Feast Repeat, which is very comprehensive and probably the most comprehensive book I've ever seen about intermittent fasting. Absolutely. But also, I agree. Do you know of any other resources people can go to? You mentioned your Facebook group. Is that a private group or can anyone join? Or? Yeah, so there's a separate group um, uh, specifically for people who follow the Clean Fast Lifestyle who are doing some version of alternate day fasting. Um, it's not my group. Um, I, it's a group that I joined recently. And uh, so that's been, that is, I think my number one resource. It's really, um, that, that's been amazing. Just sort of being in a community of people who have, you know, the same kind of questions and issues. And, you know, we still, it's, uh, you know, and again, embrace every version of alternate day fasting that's out there, including taking breaks from it when needed. Um, so for my personal resources beyond that group, other than Jin's books, um, the the one that was really helpful for me was uh, 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 Jason Fung's Complete Guide to Fasting, which just sort of explained the benefits and issues around different fasting protocols, including um, ADF. So that was really helpful for me. I personally haven't used much more, but I actually did post in the group that I mentioned um, just to see if there were sort of others. A few people mentioned um, uh, Kirsty Varady's book, The Every Other Day Diet, which doesn't promote a clean fast, but I think it was one of the first books out there on ADF, and a lot of people find that um, very useful. And I'm just looking, sorry, I have a, uh, uh, ah, there was a reference to Mark Madsen, who does some podcasts and I think uh, YouTube interviews that a lot of people said is very helpful. I actually... Um, I just got that feedback back last night. And so today I'm planning on looking up his stuff. I don't think I've ever actually seen or read this stuff. Yeah, um, but right. Mark Madsen and Krista Veriday um, were the two that were recommended as great resources. Um, keeping in mind that, uh, and, and also Michael Mosley's 5-2, which was where I started, talks about the reasons to sort of, you know, fast 
for longer periods. But at the same time, he also doesn't promote the clean fast. And so I mention it with sort of that caveat. Yep. So with the Mealless Mondays that I uh, see promoted a bit with yeah. ADF, how yeah. effective is that? And what, what do you, how does that work? Like say on a Sunday night, you stop eating, say at seven o'clock and then you might right. go the next day and you either do the 500 or you don't. And then that right. following day, you have an update or a refeed day yeah. where you make right. sure you get so, enough into your body. Exactly. So, so that actually, that's what got me back. I had moved away from ADF and it was the Mealless Monday posts that over the course of, you know, the sort of work from home quarantine got me back into it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, for me, doing one fast day a week would not be a weight loss protocol, doing one long fast day a week. I, I know that now about myself, that I need to do really three in order to be losing. Five, two is probably a great maintenance plan for me. But for again, for different people, different things will work. And not everyone wants to do it for weight loss. They may want to do it just for the health benefits. Somebody may be at their goal weight and, you know, sort of very comfortable where they are, but want to still get the increased um, health benefits of longer fast. So a one day a week long fast is great. Um, so, um, so Mealless Monday, I think, introduced the concept to so many people um, who hadn't really thought about it. And then they, you know what, I don't have to jump into ADF. Let me just give it a try once. And one of my best friends who actually is, you know, had never done uh, a, a longer fast. She was doing, you know, daily fasts for, you know, a year, a year and a half and was at her goal weight. Um, she started doing the mealless Mondays and is now doing, even though she doesn't have any weight to lose, she's doing five, two. And because it feels great. And it really does. When you get into it, it, it does feel great. The energy you get from longer fast, the, you know, the sort of, you know, for those who go, go into ketosis, the sort of clarity that comes at that point. Um, so a lot of people who had never thought about it are now doing one, maybe two fasts a week. Um, you know, just for the added health benefits. Yep. Well, what about the uh, so. autophagy benefits of alternate day fasting? I would imagine the longer well, fast exactly. would work well for that. Right. Exactly. So, so the healing that comes from intermittent fasting through increased autophagy through, um, you know, is, is also one of the reasons why it's recommended for people who are insulin resistant. So autophagy, you know, sort of helps with all kinds of healing. Um, and, you know, but it also helps to address the um, people's insulin sensitivities. And so for people, many people who have healing to do is linked to the insulin resistance. And so IF is great for that. Or, I mean, alternate day fast, IF is great for that. But longer fasts are great for that. With the caveat that, you know, not... Again, not longer, 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 you know, sort of doing 36 to 42 regularly is great. You know, I don't recommend and I know Jen certainly doesn't recommend, you know, doing anything longer than 72 without medical supervision and only doing that very, very rarely. You know, I actually thought about doing a 72 hour fast once a month. And after the second time, I realized it was already too much. I'll do it, you know, maybe once every few months, specifically for the uh, uh, increased healing, but, you know, I'm not going to force it, Yeah, you know, more than a couple of times a year. And is it a case, Rachel, when people that may not know much about ADF and they just go into the Mealless Monday, they really need to be mindful of listening to their body that if they start getting a bit shaky or they feel weak or whatever, would you suggest, what, what, what's the suggestion there? 
Um, so the suggestion always is if you're feeling weak and shaky, as opposed to just sort of hunger that may pass soon, then you should eat. And whether you want to do, you know, try a 500 calorie down day meal, if that covers it, then you're good to go. I mean, and that's what happened to me yesterday. I really was fearing, yeah. feeling irritable and annoyed and, you know, not physically bad, but mentally I was really done. Um, and the perfect. And if it hadn't been, I probably would have had something more. Um, but so always the recommend the recommendation is if you're feeling dizzy or weak, often that sign of low blood sugar, if that doesn't pass, then you should eat something. Um, so, um, and, but if you want to give the down day a try, have that first thing that you eat be something relatively low calorie and filling and see if that will do it. And many times it will. Yeah. Um, but you know, but nobody should fast through feeling really badly. I mean, having headaches is certainly as you're adjusting, if you're a new faster, you know, having fat headaches is relatively normal. It's not supposed to, it's not always easy at the very beginning because you're adapting to something new, but learning to differentiate between hunger signals that are a signal that your body needs food versus sort of hunger signals that just are telling you, wouldn't it be fun to eat, um, is to me one of the biggest mental shifts that come from this. Um, oh, that's fantastic. And, and, yeah. So, Rachel, uh, we're going to wrap it up in a minute, but I just wanted to get you maybe if somebody's out there listening to this and they're thinking about starting intermittent fasting or maybe longer transition going into the ADF and they're just starting out, what sort of words of motivation would you give them and what sort of tips would, I mean, if you had to talk to yourself going back those three years, right. what would you tell yourself now? Oh, no, that's great. So first of all, I would say if you're new to intermittent fasting, don't even think about alternate day fasting. It's not, you know, it's not something that you need to jump into. Start with daily fast. That's the absolute first thing. Um, the hunger is not an emergency sort of mantra and the understanding the different types of hunger is a huge thing for me um, that, you know, sort of. Uh, so so I think learning to listen to that, reading up on on hunger, I, again, I mentioned the Appetite Correction book by Dr. Bert Herring, which I think is really helpful for that. Um, read about it, I would say, you know, sort of understand why you're doing it. I really think Jen Stevens' new book, Fast Face Repeat, is one of the greatest resources. There's an FAQ section, which is to die for, like literally every question you might ever think of, uh, many that we hadn't. Um, and don't, I mean, do what feels right. Sort of think of this as long-term. You're not, throw away the quick weight loss um, expectations. If it happens for you, great. But for more people than not, that isn't what happens. Um, and so say, you know, start with 16-8 and build from there. It may not be a weight loss protocol, but it gets you started. And learn to live with the clean fast first. That, that's, I think, um, the number one thing. And if that means a longer window and a shorter fast, that's great. And eventually you'll be able to, to increase that. Um, and I think, you know, you mentioned earlier comparison being the thief of joy. So what that the person, you know, who posted before you or the person who you met down the street who's fasting lost 30 pounds in 10 days. Good for them. That's not you. Um, yeah. And if it is you, good for you. But, you know, we're all on. It's such an individual journey and learning to celebrate other people's successes without making yourself feel bad about it is huge. Yeah, it is. And that's the mindset thing as well. And right. and I think also when people first start out, 
that they shouldn't think that they have to know everything about the science, about all the ins and outs. Of course. Just get started. Yeah. And like you said, maybe try out with the 16 and 8 and see how you go and build from there. But you Absolutely. don't need to know every in and out. But I would thoroughly recommend everything you just said there. And particularly that book of Jin's Fast Feast Repeat. When I read that uh, the other day, well, when I finally got it here in Australia, mm, right. I was amazed by it. And the as you said, that section about all the questions, I mean, really, there's nothing in there that you can't think of a, exactly. a question about ADF or anything. Or what I really liked about right. that book and what we just spoke about was that 28-day fast start. I think that's really That's useful. great. Yes, really great. And not to get, I think, and this is another, sorry, piece of advice um, that also, you know, uh, that goes along with that. Don't be fixated on the scale, certainly not at the beginning, but also acknowledge other ways that you're maybe changing. Take pictures, take measurements, think about how you're feeling. You know, do you feel less sluggish? Do you feel less groggy? Are, you know, are you less achy? For me, the sort of the aches and pains that I used to feel are gone, even though I'm not at my goal and I've actually gained back some of what I lost. I don't have daily aches and pains. I used to live in constant foot pain. That's gone. Um, so make note of those things. Track other things besides weight. Um, you know, measurements and pictures are huge tools for success, particularly if you're not losing weight. We see pictures of people who lost one or two pounds who look like they're, you know, completely a different yeah, person. Amazing. Their body is so much more talented. It, it's, it blows me away. Me too. And I know, um, as I said, I mean, I, I did lose 130 pounds, but for me, I had really bad psoriasis and that just completely disappeared. And I was amazing. told for 20 years that I would never get rid of that in six months of intermittent fasting. And that right. went. So for me personally, that was Absolutely. worth doing it. And yeah, yep. it was a bonus that. that I lost the weight. Yeah. And the really great thing I love about intermittent fasting is that maintaining now for over a year, I've managed to keep the weight off. Right. And that's another bonus. But anyway, Rachel, it's been so great to have you on the fast. So great, Graham. And I'm very excited oh. to hear about your book. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank to you. To read more about it. Hopefully it will be available on, on Kindle or in a version that those of us far away might be able to access yeah it will be um will be on amazon kindle and paperback oh, i good. believe Perfect. and i um okay my book's not so much about a how to do it it's more about how i overcame some of the issues i had with addiction well, that's, i'm looking forward to read it particularly about sugar which is something that i you know yeah at one point will be ready to address <laughs> well you know when they talk so. about sugar addicts rachel i was probably up the top of the tree. So if I okay. could get over it, most people well, can. But anyway, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Graham. This has been so, so enjoyable. Yeah, okay, take care. To to you. Thanks so much. You too, Graham. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Wow, that was thrilling. I, I really loved that chat with Rachel. So informative, so many gems and key takeaways and her experience shining through there. And thank you to Rachel. So next week, we're gonna have a real thrill for us in Charlie Cipparelli. Charlie is from Pennsylvania in the United States. And Charlie has just completed 365 days of clean fasting. And the NSVs and health benefits that he has found along the way are simply mind blowing. 
And I've had a pleasure of talking to a lot of great people in my life and humble people. And I can say, hand on heart, Charlie is right up there and is a must listen next week. So make sure you join us here on the Fasting Highway. Thanks for your support. Thanks for all the feedback and great comments. I really appreciate it. And uh, please be safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.